Hi, I'm Rogers Healy, and welcome back to Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. And today we have someone who means a lot to me. It's been a uh, he's been a dear friend of mine for close to 20 years. I've been a fan of his work. Uh, a lot of y'all that are listening and watching today have actually been a part of his work, whether you know it or not. He is a real life Bob the Builder. Uh, what he builds is not just products, he builds ideas. He's an inventor, he's a creator, he's an architect, he's a man of faith, he's an idea guy, and like a lot of entrepreneurs, he acts on his ideas. And so today we have Ryan Bricker joining us. Uh, a little bit more about him before we let him soothe you with his voice. He is an award-winning urban designer with a diverse background in site designs, master planning, solutions, and intricate transportation-related designs integral to the development of the urban fabric and growing communities. Red leather, yellow leather, you know you need unique New York. That was a lot of big words. But Ryan, um, you mean a lot to me. I'm glad you're here. So thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you for um I am excited for this conversation. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Well, why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself before we get into the uh, meat and potatoes? Yeah, I mean, background, just I, I kind of grew up in the Dallas Metroplex area here in Grapevine. Uh, went to, ha always had a passion for art. Um, didn't know exactly what to do with that. And so kind of realized I really wanted to get into architecture. Looked at, went to Texas A&M. But then I really fell in love with landscape architecture. We're really designing places and places in the outdoor spaces were such a meaningful part of my just growing up i was like man i would love to be able to shape environments for people to enjoy nature or just enjoy urban spaces and so i that's kind of where i i got into landscape architecture um had a corporate career kind of in urban urban design is kind of a, a larger scope of really looking at designing and shaping and planning cities and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm a designer at heart. And so I've taken, I think what we'll kind of get into a little bit later is really just taking the architectural design mind skills and how does that translate across creating other products You just products skipped and a brands. few decades yeah. though. So like as a kid, were yeah. you like creating something that made the Nintendo easier I to was use? A kid, were you like creating some I, kind of weird project for science class? What, what, what was that like as I a think child? Two things, I loved building forts. Like, I don't know if kids even do that anymore. We were always, out just finding junk and trees and stuff, just building crazy forts, having dirt clod wars with other rival forts. Um, so that's a, that was a thing? Like in Grapevine, there was like rival forts? Grapevine, yeah. Oh man, big gang, you have big like a fort, fort gang. Fort handshake? Um, gosh, we would make try to make booby traps. We would make, and Were I love taking. In the Goonies? It was very Goonies. Like Goonies wow. is my favorite movie and so like even data in there the little inventor guy like i love taking oh, apart booby trap. trap yeah um i love taking things apart I, I think that is kind of more akin to my more industrial design side but um yeah i loved being outdoors um you know i i think when i came to faith at a, a summer camp a young life summer camp i real what clicked in my head is that a, everything around it, they designed everything intentional to create an experience for people. And, and and that's when I started clicking that people that design is can create intentional ways for people to connect with, you know, whether it's a restaurant or a home or really any place that with real intention, you're creating the environment that you need, the environment for relationship, the environment for community, environment for someone to whatever that mode is they want to be in, maybe it's reflection, relaxation, or just excitement. Um, that really intrigued me. I was like, man, I want to be, I want to design places. 
and I wasn't sure what that meant. But and then so you made a commitment to go to architecture school, which for yep. all that are not familiar, what's what's the journey for that? Is it the same as med school? I mean, the- no, no, no. I mean, I did. A, it was a five year degree at Texas A and M. Um, it's a lot of work. I mean, we were notorious for just all nighters. I mean, I remember one time, you, but you were doing all your work in front of you in the studio. The thing I liked about it is normal schooling, you're learning a bunch of information and then you're going to get a test. You don't know what's on the test and you're and you're, you know, getting surprised by the test in the studio world like my grades right in front of me. I'm working on. It. I can see how good it is or how bad it is and so i felt like i had more control over kind of my outcomes in the design world because it's right there in my hands uh but it was a brutal schooling i did love it we were you know at a big university but we were really tight with a bunch of studio mates Uh, i studied in italy uh we did a summer abroad and studied in italy and um not a summer abroad a whole semester and travel out throughout europe which just added an entire level of kind of explosion of art and design um, into our education. So, But I loved it. I loved, I'm still very close with those, all those guys in my studio and just had a great, um, had a really great time. As a Amy. kid, did you find yourself watching the Brady Bunch because Mike Brady was an architect? I did. And then he was also the architect for their family? He was. Yeah. Very much so, and then and I interestingly love I I really like that kind of style. It's a, it's a late mid century. No, Mike Brady, the, he, the dad I know. was an architect. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. like the style of the oh, home okay. too. Yeah, good. That they lived. Yeah. yeah, I show up to meetings sometimes with the yellow tube, and sometimes the Yogi Bear comes out instead of the plants. But wow, hey boo yes. hey, boo. Uh, okay, so architect, inventor, etc. I mean, again, I think it's a blessing and a curse being an idea person, and I think that. Someone like you or me, you have an idea and you're not going to sleep until you try it and you're not going to be done until it fails or until it wins. But what was the origin of getting to the big ideas, but also tell us a little bit about what you've done, uh, whether it's the Arlington National Cemetery, local bridges in Dallas. How did all this kind of stuff come about? Yeah, I think my more my architectural portfolio really looks like a lot of big infrastructure around the country. But here in Dallas, there's just a lot of. I, I, I forget sometimes the things I designed and I'll drive by them and I'll say like, oh, I designed that column or I designed that bridge. And so I've got a lot of bridges, um, the whole tollway kind of gantry system, the aesthetics of the, the tollway system. Um, I have a few questions yes. regarding bridges and you can just say yes or no yes. if you've been a part of it. Uh, the bridges of Madison County. Um, no. Uh, Rolling Stones bridges of, to Babylon. No. Okay. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Big fan. Uh, Lloyd Bridges. Uh, fan. Okay, but you had nothing to do with nothing their... to do with their creation. Okay, just want to procreation. Like, ask the questions that I know other people yeah. are probably wondering, um, and then your uh, what about the Golden Gate Bridge? Golden Gate Bridge. I've uh, I've been across it many times. Okay. Yeah. And uh, last question regarding this: Have you ever burned a bridge? <sighs> I'm really good at not burning bridges. How about an Adirondack chair? I have been associated with the burning of an Adirondack chair. I don't, I was not the instigator of. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll put this in yeah. the comment section. But back, back to the inventor yes. and, and getting to, obviously we have some great product shots here of uh, some stuff that we're going to talk about here in a second. But I mean, this stuff you're talking about, these are significant. And I think that part of the pressure, you're not necessarily in sales, but you are, right? You sell yourself, you walk in with the yellow tube and you have to go qualify 
have them fall in love with you, but more importantly, have them fall in love with your design. But the thing that most people don't realize about an architect is you're a massive liability. And you have to go do these things that people, their life depends on your product, not like a corkicle glass, even though I'm sure there's cork, did I say Corksicle, yeah. Heck, I'm at corksicle. Yeah. Not like a corksicle glass, but these are bridges. So what kind sure. of stress goes into that to where you come out okay knowing that you don't become a sellout along the way? Well, there's a whole, you know, when you get into huge projects like that, I mean, there's a whole lineage of professionals and structural engineers and just a lot, just a whole layering of professionals um, that are all bringing their expertise to the table to make sure that the project is correct and it's the right project and obviously that it's safe. Um, so yeah, I work with huge teams of people in, a, like Arlington National Cemetery you mentioned, that's my big project I've been working on for years, the expansion of that. We have a huge team of, you know, designers and consultants, engineers, you know, utility experts, electronics experts, cybersecurity, like massive teams that work on these projects because uh, they're massive projects. Well, how, what's the yeah. time, timeline for something like that? I mean, I've been working for seven years designing multiple parts of the master plan expansion the final design of what we're calling the southern expansion it's about a 50 acre expansion south we've been working on that final design probably three years without even solid. anything starting as even started we just finished phase one we'll go out to bid so yeah some of these design processes take years is it hard to get inspired knowing you're going to walk like I, I i like instant gratification and I think it's really hard as a business owner, as a creative, to know that there's ideas that you might have. You're like, this is gonna not, this isn't gonna happen overnight. Like low level idea of building a house, obviously higher level is probably a, uh, a national uh, landmark. Yeah, to, my whole career has worked on big projects that literally can be 10 years. And it'll be, I'll have drawn something, it'll be 10 years later till it's out of the ground and done. And so I will forget about the project or you see, or by the time it's built, you're like, Oh, I would have maybe done this differently. You're totally right. Like I feel like there's a I have a more immediate need for kind of touching and feeling and seeing a project come to life. I think that's what's interesting when I transition into product design, um, which is a, a story in and of itself. But there's just such an immediate, more tactile um, connection to design, whether it's a microphone, a book, a glass. Um, and so that kind of reignited, I think, a different kind of interest in design for me as I've kind of moved into product design. Loaded question. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll lead with, as a real estate guy, uh, it's impossible for me to look at the world um, with any innocence ever again because of real estate, where I can look at this table and like, oh, the corksicle cup is taking up real estate. My cup yeah. with my face is taking up real estate. And then... I look at everything like that, which kind of takes away a lot of the innocence and a lot of the excitement about seeing a new city, right? Or, or site plans or whatever it is. Is that how you are with literally everything? You see something you're like, I could have made that better. The microphone, right? Like I, a, a watch, yeah. a cup, what is it? I think about it creatively or I pre appreciate it. Like I will look at objects a lot of times and see what I like about it. If there's a problem in it or I see it or feel it, I'll be like, yeah, that would have been a lot better if that thing connected over here, if it was this. Um, is it hard to be present? You know where it's hard to be present? And I, so an example, I was in Barcelona this summer and I where? went to where? Barcelona. Barcelona. I went to the Sagrada Familia, like one of the most famous cathedrals in the world. I thought it was an Italian it restaurant. It was, yeah. they, that, would, that would be a good restaurant. Yeah. 
it was so overwhelming because the design was so incredible, but my brain was also saying, I know there's no way to actually draw and design this and build this 200 years ago. So my brain couldn't actually, it was overwhelming from a technical standpoint and I, it distracted from the beauty because I'm like, there's no way. There's just no way you can design and build this stuff. Did you think that you were in like an alternate universe? I, I, I mean, I literally, I was like, this is the closest I've felt to like being in a, this is another world or what heaven will be like. It Completely was, unrelated. Had you been drinking sangria prior? Wait, you were in Italy or Spain? Man, I was in Spain. Where, did you? How much sangria did you Gosh, have? To where maybe you actually sangria. didn't go to What do we drink out Italica there in that mess called? The uh, vermouth. Oh, vermouth. Might have had some vermouth. Yeah, which is like a, um, like a Spanish moonshine. It, it's, it's, yeah. it probably is. Yeah. Um, okay, so the creative in you. Again, like obviously, I, and part of the objective of this podcast and this uh, conversation is to inspire people and to spark an interest for them to go and, and follow their heart, right, and follow their gut. And I think that one of my missions in life is never look back and be like, I wish I would have tried something, right? There's some things I wish yeah. I would have given up on or retired earlier, but that's just not how I'm wired. But get us to the place where you're doing like these massive, massive deals. It, it, it's what's getting you paid, but obviously you still have this big part of your heart that wants to be filled with you knowing that you accomplished something as an entrepreneur. So the inventor in you versus the designer and the architect, yeah. what kind of crossroads what was that like and how did you fight it and then what was your first step to becoming an actual real life inventor a real life inventor yeah so for me it's like i had this big kind of corporate still do this big corporate architecture role it really started with um i've always wanted to get into product design or i've always wanted to create a product but for the, like a lot of people i thought it meant you had to raise all this money and go on shark tank and sell your house and do all this crazy stuff i'm like i've got a million product ideas but i'm not I'm not down for that. Like I, I, I can't sell everything I have and, and venture off into some idea. And then when I learned about licensing, I was I think it was from Four Hour Workweek, Tim Ferriss's book. I'd never even heard of licensing that you could actually invent something and just like a song or whatever, send it to a, give it to a company and get a royalty. And I was it's a like, good analogy. You're saying like a songwriter who can't sing can still get 100%. paid for the song that they write. One hundred percent. And so. I was talking, just a friend of a friend, long story short, I met a good friend who started this brand, Corksicle. It was a Corksicle, it looks like an icicle that goes in a bottle of wine. Product shop. They had one product at the time they that they invented and, and they did fantastic. I met with him and just said, it was just kind of a deal where it was like, hey, let me come up with new product ideas for you. And so this wasn't an invention. People ask me this. I didn't invent it in my head by myself. I had a friend's brand. I'm like, what can I do for that brand? Okay, they've already got something in wine. They were doing something for a beer bottle. I'm like, okay, what's something in the spirit side? And and for me, it was a very simple idea of like, I love the shape and feel of a lot of a heavy whiskey glass and a big ball of ice. I was like, what if we do something with the ice that looks a little more visual, functional? And so for me, it was creating uh, these new designs and inventions for that, for this brand. Um, and the, the cigar glass was the same thing. I would always hold a cigar and a whiskey glass like this in my hand. And, and then I was like, well, what if I just took the glass and indent it? Now I can kind of hold it even easier and I can actually put the glass down and the cigars there. And so these two very simple ideas have been just in the in the brand corksicle has just grown and grown they make all kinds of wonderful kind of lifestyle brand of a lot of drinking accessories and 
cooling products and coolers. By the way, um, thanks for not lighting up a cigar in here. That I would I, I would be right now. If we weren't outside, we'd yeah, have all of this. 8 a.m. too, but who cares? Um, so, yeah, Corksicle's been an awesome brand to just walk alongside and dream up new product ideas. So then that opened me up to, oh, I'm an inventor. I'm a product designer. And then I started just meeting with all these other brands through them and then just... Then the idea brain just went on, and I was just thinking of ideas left and right, pitching ideas. Yeah, it's, and I think even with something like that, man, it's like euphoria meets, I don't even know what the word is, but there's a part of me, it's like once you strike gold with something, knowing that it's just that addiction, it's the deal, right? As a salesperson, yeah. like there's never a deal that's going to get me into this place. I'm like, okay, I'm good. It's like, when's the next one? Right, and I'm assuming that's kind of how your headspace is as well. Is you have this like revolutionary product that is really unique, really cool, and it's yours. But you're probably gonna be like, okay, back to work. Right, you're gonna have to go and think of the next product, which I think takes away some of the joy. But again, maybe maybe not. Yeah, you're totally right. It's like I want to come up with the next idea, and the fact that I'm not really taking the at least in this case or a lot of my ideas, I'm not trying to take the product to market myself and do and own the whole thing. We talk a lot about partnership. Man, I want to do what I'm best at, and, and that's creating the idea, creating the design, and then put it in the hands of people that can execute so I can go on to the next idea, the next idea. And so I'm, I try to stay in my lane. I get a lot of feedback from people because I've pitched a ton of products that bomb or no one would take them, and people are like, well, why don't you just do it yourself? Just make the product. And so I'm kind of I'm toying with that now. There is a product I'm working on. Actually, the guys from Quirk Circle said, he goes, man, that's a great product. He goes, you should make that. He goes, you just step out and take those steps. So I am Can we get like a learning. teaser? It is a super innovative barbecue grilling tool that will blow your mind, change the world. So, so investor. Yeah, round two, yeah, we're investor. Here we go. Here we go. That's why you're here. That's yeah, why we're you're, here. You're, you're pitching something. Uh, have you ever had something that has not had a successful uh, jaunt, like a bond uh, idea? Oh, gosh, I've got... I mean, I've had a hundred, probably seventy-five ideas that I've pitched that just. I love it. Give us, give us an array. Give us a, a range of what these things could be. Gosh, everything from like a, a kitchen pizza cutter that would cut eight slices in one movement, like an umbrella. They thought that was too dangerous. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Um, you're like you're like Doc from Back to the Future. I mean, I've got a full spectrum of things that are you know very hardware tools. I had one that I thought was great. It was like a, it's a sliding handle on a pickaxe. So instead of like loosening your grip and losing control when you do that, you, the, the handle slides and so you have full control. So a lot of my stuff I feel like is very ergonomic. a lot of people listening and yes. watching it that are pickaxe people. A lot of, I mean, the pickaxe, this, this, it's this a niche. Is, there are only 74 ideas the niche, bomb. Yes. This is where we bring it back to life. Um, okay, so w with your product, if you had to go pick one right now that you think is the most impactful, powerful, Etc. What is it? Okay, my consumer products. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've only have a few on the market. The whiskey wedge, which is just, I mean, it's literally. I laugh a lot because it's a triangle. But it, I think what it shows, it's just beauty and simplicity. That something you can do that's so simple, but different enough, but approachable enough. Like this was just the simplest idea, and it continues to sell. It's been selling for like seven years, and I don't know over one almost two million of these maybe have been sold worldwide um and then for me it's not like it's changing the world but 
to see just to go on like social media and see people like hashtag and post about it and and show like they got this great gift it's usually a gift like oh my uncle gave me this i gave you this like to see joy in something you make it's weird because you know i'm working on national cemeteries these amazing historic sacred places and then at the same time down to the scale of like a gift of uh, a whiskey glass which is totally different but totally fun and yeah, that's been really fun for me. Let's talk about the ripoff uh, yeah. syndrome, and I think that you know, with what you do, it's it's really unique to your head, to your mind, and the way that you think. Have you ever had something for the whiskey wedge that maybe inspired someone who took a shortcut and a cheaper route of finding money uh, by copycatting your ideas? Yeah, and so. You know, I try to get intellectual property and all my ideas and patents. And but the cigar glass, no one's really r- ripped off whiskey wedge too much. But cigar glass, there's plenty of companies that have taken the concept and violated the patents and and sold versions of this. Um, I think that's where it kind of comes down to brand. Like, if you have a great brand, people can steal your idea, but they're going to go back to the the brand uh, for that. And so. I've really kind of become a student, I think, or a better student of brand too, and just like the value and importance of brand. Um, as as I like, I want you yeah. to say that one more time, and I want you like yeah. I think that's a very powerful thing that you. We work in a world of competition, and I think that we are in a phase of um, the world. I almost said the universe, but it's not my style. Where people are lazy, they're entitled, uh, they have a lack of character. Uh, and they find a way to go and do a legal shortcut. But the one thing that people like you and me and other people that are part of this that can own is your brand. And I think that's a very powerful statement you just made, and I want you to put a little bit more emphasis on it. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Whether it is an actual pro- a brand that makes products or you as your personal brand, I, th- I think you nailed it on the head as far as like you, I've always believed you play the long game. Life is a long game. You play the long game. You asked earlier about burning bridges. Like I've even said, even in the architectural world, like don't burn a bridge because it's a very small community, uh, even just professionally with younger kids. But I think the idea of the brand of yourself and the, the totality of the things that you bring to the table, either professionally, personally, relationship wise, um, is probably the mo- is one of the most valuable things you can have. And so to translate that to a glass, yeah, you can have some weird off-brand thing that steals your idea and package it and you know sell some of them. But at the end of the day, I think people will come back to the brand that they know and love if you want to get quality, if you want to get the original idea, um, for sure. Yeah, good for you for having that. That wisdom, it's not always been my approach, and I don't know, I'm a very sensitive, emotional person, and its I think it's really hard not to take things seriously, especially, I mean, at one point, I remember this real estate company, it was literally our logo, it was our letters, our, our sign size, our colors, everything, and they were called like Rock Realty, and I was like, what? And then I was like, okay, we'll just power through, because they're not going to be around for long, but it's its hard, I think it's, it's hard to see that, and for you, it's got to be a different kind of hard, where it just, it would just piss me off but I guess you've got a different sense of you which makes you uh, a, a longer term uh, competitor so. yeah I mean it makes me like when I see uh, lots of knocks off some of my products it's like I mean there's a part of me is like wow that's stealing money yeah. from me that's my money yeah. my royalties that are gone um, but 
I don't have the time and energy to you know chase those things down. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's like I think you have to balance like what am I gonna what's gonna become a distraction for me? What's the like ultimate return on investment of fixing that distraction versus going on to the next thing and doing what I can do? Yeah, like keep it moving. Uh, what do you feel uh, has been your biggest challenge on the road to success? And I, and again, I think it's powerful that you said that you've had. You've had millions of ideas, you've had hundreds you've acted on, and you've had a handful that have actually worked. But on yeah. the roadmap to success, and when you actually have a hit, you get a lick, what, what, what challenges have you faced, and how have you persevered to stay true to being Ryan Bricker? Yeah, it's, and mine's been hard. Mine's not, my, our entrepreneurial journey is different. Like, I'm working, I wasn't the guy that quit his job and, you know, sold everything and just went all in and burned the boats. Like. I liked what I was doing. I've been working on some important projects. I'm working a full-time kind of career. And so the, the, the challenge is like, man, if I'm gonna build a side hustle into another venture, like that's nights and weekends. And I've got, and I chose the worst time in life. It was like, it was when I was having our first you know, child. And so I'm having, I've got young kids, you know, working multiple jobs and yeah, it was hard. Like there was some burnout areas for sure. I think the success, what you said, like I had some early success and so many of my ideas have gotten like traction, like people, it just, there's always been traction that's kept me in the game. And then and now I just love the game. Yeah. And, and so, um, and just growing and getting to know a wider network of just entrepreneurs and all the things they're doing. I mean, now I'm into all kinds of uh, things and, and working with really interesting people um, around the world and uh, that's been the most fun thing is just kind of discovering new people and the other things that people are doing and where can you bring um, some value into their relationship and their thinking and how does design fit into that process it's um, a way of thinking yeah. uh, question you have to answer for me quickly yes without thinking what's the thing you're most proud of in your professional career you gotta answer quick uh, Arlington National Cemetery, just to getting to work on it. Yeah. Working for a sacred place, being able to shaping some significant places and spaces out there. I think I said that at the beginning. Like, this will be there for, you know, it's a piece of American history and just a chance to serve. My father was an Air Force fighter pilot. I wasn't in the, I haven't served. I, it gives, I feel like I get to serve those who serve. Yeah. And I love it. Best advice you've ever received? Um, best advice I would maybe say like play the long game and I, I feel like I do play the long game uh, where do you see yourself in 10 years looking back looking back knowing that you have projects essentially every 10 years 10 years from now you're in your 70s and um, I'm not in my 70 uh, I think 10 years from now hopefully my work I've kind of will be moving out of the phase of just kind of from worker to owner more to just investor a little bit like where your world's going and then using that time to really free up my kids will be you know starting to go to college and be able to like invest more time you know going down to football games at A&M or something I don't know but um, I want to invest more time with people than just projects I've been so like kind of career driven I think for the first part of my life yeah and, and then like kind of finishing words knowing that you just gave us you just gave us a lot you gave us the journey of an architect, the journey of an inventor, the journey of a father, of a believer, of someone who is a husband, 
who is a doer, who has been a failure, who keeps pushing on. Like this is, it's a lot to take in, but what's the one thing you want people that are watching and listening to this today to take home with them? Other than a cork. A cork circle. I think it's the value of relationship. Everything that's been, that I've done and where I've had success is really relationship. This was a glass. I mean, that idea came through a, a relationship where someone had a brand and needed new product ideas. The design is a relationship. What is the relationship between the, the shape and size of ice and the glass? And so design is all about physical relationships or functional relationships. And then I think the value of like human relationships, you, I mean, you embody it, embody it in the way that you, uh, you connect with people so quickly and you know how to create partnership. And I think that partnership idea of life, playing the long game, building relationships uh, that last a lifetime for me, like the, those are, that's what's important to me. I love it. Great, great job. You should be really proud of yourself. Uh, I know that there's still a lot more left to do, but uh, this is inspiring. I think that your sense of self is really powerful. I think the fact that you know, most people have one failure and they go back to what is easy and what's normal, but the, the rare few push through and they give people uh, vigor and inspiration. So I think that uh, what you've done is incredible, uh, ranging from the cemetery to the bridges of Babylon uh, to Corksicle. Uh, and I'm grateful for you and for our friendship and looking forward to hearing uh, the feedback on this. The last question, how do we best support you? How do we find you? I know you've got a new venture you're launching, whether it's buying Corksicle or... Yeah, buy lots of whiskey wedges and... No, I mean, I think support me. I, I'm not... I yeah, I am looking at building some more brands. Uh, we have a, a brand with a good friend of mine called Kill Your Giant, which is really just... Take, that was a piece, some artwork that I'd done. I, I have an art gallery called Good God Gallery, which is its own kind of style of art that uses scripture in a, in a unique way but this idea of david and goliath david's one of my favorite characters this idea of kill your giant came out in some artwork and then i realized from an ip perspective no one had the trademarks on kill your giant so i got all the trademarks and the websites i'm like okay now i've got ip around a brand name that connects to a this ubiquitous story that kind of transcends faiths and traditions and so it's like yeah, kill your giant. Everyone is coming. You know, everyone has something coming against them, and so we're literally even today going to meet with some brand building people and working on that. So look out for kill your giant coming. Look out for the most incredible barbecue tool known to man soon. Maybe we'll do a giveaway whenever it comes. We get a out. giveaway when that yeah. comes out. Um, and then on, on Instagram. Instagram. I'm just like a regular dad dude. Uh, I think I'm Ryan E. Bricker. And Are you Ryan Deeper? I am at. I don't have one of these check marks. I'm just a dude who's dropping, you know, taking kids to soccer practice and seeing cool art or traveling and seeing cool things. Um, That's your brand. I'm just a dude. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Ryan E. Bricker. Ryan E. Bricker. On, on, on social. Well, on socials. Well, this is great, man. We look forward to uh, hearing more. And uh, as soon as your products come out, we'll be sure to announce it and find a way to uh, give it uh, give it to the, the people that are the supporting people. you. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Ryan, thanks for coming. Hey, I'm Ryan Bricker, and this is how you sell without selling out. Roger's that.